what's today? February 27th? Oh, yes. February 27th. Almost out with this month. Uh, Jack Purdy and Jake Grant here with Signs of the Satland. 158. Uh, I had a, I missed a couple things this weekend because I was at a big old Atlanta United game. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you saw, but they scored in the 93rd and 99th minute to win, down 1-0. Uh, yeah, I recall... Um... Somebody having a lot of angst in our from the rumble seat slack, and then I checked the score and saw that they had won two to one, and I, I was like, "This is classic us." But it, it, I, apparently, it was pretty exciting. It, it was really, really crazy at the end. Yeah, the uh, uh, Tiago Almada, the guy who played with the Argentine national team uh, at the World Cup, scored both of those goals. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we might have a, a Messi Junior on our hands if we're not careful, which also means he's going to go to Europe in like two months. So we might have to just treasure this time while we got it. Um, on this side of Midtown, though, baseball is they, they're seven and zero. We are fully they are fully undefeated. They swept Tennessee Tech this weekend. We'll dive into it more. But Dawson Brown had a fantastic outing on Friday, which I think caught most of us by surprise. I would say, uh, in that he had twelve strikeouts, which we could expect a rebound, but a twelve strikeout rebound that's something. Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, that'll get you wins. And Tech being seven and zero, I mean. No losses. You you play the games on your schedule, and that's basically what we said. But we can we can definitely dive into that a little bit more as we as we kind of get into yeah. it later in the episode. And then I'll note Angelo Despina hit three three homers, one each game. His first one, I was at Friday's game. His first one cleared the trees in right field. Like like you mean you, 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 you if you you can see like they taper off at the top there. It like got to that part near the top of the trees where there's a lot of gap. There's a lot of space between the tops of each trees. I heard it hit something. I don't know what it hit. There was a picture. Zach Baseball put a picture up where it was sitting in front of one of the fraternities. I don't know if that's where it rested or where it hit, but it it had to have. It probably cleared Fowler Street, is my guess. Like it had that kind of distance. Um, there that those houses are going to need to watch out if he keeps hitting like that because he was just murdering baseballs. This is where I uh, I duck back in and say that would be just such a phenomenal place along the side of the road to make that just a like a tailgating-y, like, hangout type patio a la right field in, in uh, like, the Mississippi schools type type deal. But that may be more of an off-season uh, conversation. Going to have to find somebody uh, with some donor money to make some renovations there. But be, That would be something. Um, we'll move to men's basketball quickly since they're we'll, – we just want to speed through this probably. Uh, they lost 76-68 to 68 at Pittsburgh. Um, Pitt, wearing, Pitt wore black. I didn't know they wore black as part of their color scheme. They do. Um, their their black uniforms with the blue and yellow are are pretty neat. I'm gonna dig in my heels a little bit because I think that I actually learned a little bit about this team from this past week. Um, I, I think that you know it's we're kind of at this point right with and I've kind of hit this spot with women's basketball too where it's like they're not gonna make the tournament. What's the point, right? And and Passner kind of repeatedly makes this point in press conferences where they got good a month later. They got good a month later. Well. Uh, you know, it's about turning that success that you find in February into success in the next season. And I think one thing that this team at least has going for it is that one that he's right. They are improving. I mean, just uh, on the face of it, they lost by Pitt uh, in a, I would say a, a fairly close eight point game. They were fouling at the end, trying to get possessions back versus a 71 60 loss at McCamish McCamish uh, a month and a half ago or yeah, a month and a half ago that really never felt close. I was at that game and it was just uh, one of those, one of those, you know, late Passner era last two years of just where, yeah, they only lost by 11, but it, it, you know, didn't, didn't really feel like Pitt was ever not in control. At least tech, I felt especially late had had a fighting chance in, in this game against the team that Jack, would you have guessed at the beginning of the year, that uh, Pitt would be looking at first in the ACC and uh, a first round bye based on the season they had last year. No, not at all. They're, I mean, just that, just just prestige base wise, I'd be like, wait, there they are. I mean, you just assume it's Duke or North Carolina every year. You just don't even think about a different team touching the top two. <laughs> well, I mean, of of the top four, the the double buys in the tournament for the men. Pitt at number one, Miami at number two, uh, Virginia, you know, classic basketball yeah. powers at three, yeah. and then Clemson is at number four. So really right, quite stuck, an interesting. That's good for Clemson yeah. that they stuck around. I, mean, I know they fell off a little bit after the beginning of the year, so that's good uh, Good for them that they were able to hold on to at least this particular advantage going into I'm, March. 
I mean, this is one of those classic Brad Brunell every three years do something that uh, coaches him off the hot seat just a little bit. But that being said, Pitt, uh, they are ranked this week uh, after after the week that they had. They um, they hold a half-game edge on Miami. Miami's 14 and five full-game edges on Virginia and Clemson. So uh, a pretty good team, right? And, and it's one that Tech, I would say, was competitive with late in the game. Again, it's still them losing. Not ideal. You don't want to go... Uh, and get further in an already deep hole. Um, but uh, yes, they they did lose close on the road uh, midweek at Pitt. And then they came home to host the uh, perhaps worst Power 5 basketball team of all time, um, <laughs> whom they've already lost to once this year. Um, at home, uh, Louisville is 4-25 and 25 now following this game, 2-16 and 16 in league play. Georgia Tech... Uh, dispatched them 83 to 67 uh, in a game that was, dare I say, pretty chippy, Jack. I I, I know that you were uh, down. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was out of commission. Down at the game. bends, but uh, it was it, it it was pretty tough. Um, two technical fouls called. Um, on oh wow, they there's none in the none in the score sheet, but Tech definitely shot. Maybe they called it like a penalty one. I. They changed all the names for this, like in the last two, three years, and I'm I'm not good at adapting. But anyways, Tech shot uncontested free throws and got the ball back twice. Um, if you catch them adrift, yeah. Um, Louisville played a, a pretty pretty long lineup. Uh, they had, I believe, twelve different guys get in the game. Tech was playing a shorter lineup. That's kind of been uh, something Passner has solidified around with with Davon. Uh, out on the bench, uh, Javon Franklin, Lance Terry, Kyle Sturdivant, uh, Debo Coleman, and Miles Kelly kind of seeing uh, the the majority of the playing time there. I think Fred's got in the game uh, at uh, Pitt and Coleman Boyd in uh, its senior day uh, at, yeah. uh, at McCamish, uh, Jalen Moore giving uh, spells of rest to... <sighs> to to Javon and, and some of the other guys on the floor. Where I think I'm all coming back to on this is that it feels like a little too little, a little too late. Um, this team is probably better than their record indicates, but Jack, I don't, I don't know by how much, you know. Yeah, it's I mean, it was going to be tough regardless for what because it's ACC ball, and we were picked to pick. We were, I mean, we were picked to finish last this year in the ACC. So, and mm-hmm. then one of the worst teams ever existed. In, that's that's one way to put it. It took one of the worst teams ever in ACC history to be worse than us this year, but at the same time, the up, I mean, once Lance Terry came back, things did start looking a lot better. And we were, there was, not having him was a gaping hole in the games that he was out. Um, and then, especially after we had a rough stretch, he was able to I do, do a few things to help patch things up, and then he was out. And that kind of, I think, stalled a lot, some progress here that we would have seen that may have made some of these games more competitive. Um, yeah, uh, I, I agree on that. On that take, um, I think the season really doesn't come down to one guy. It's it's people not, you know, coalescing as a group. I think, yeah. you know, big man issues that we've talked about in and out uh, a couple of times. It's just, you know, they they they've been they've been in it, uh, and you know, there's there's three four games that you're like, man, a, a possession or two flips that game. But you know, ifs and nuts, right? The good the good teams find find a way to win and it's it's tough whether it's a, a close loss uh, on the road or at home yeah. um one last thing i want to get to uh before we move on to women's basketball just to give everyone a little bit of flavor for the acc standings uh, tech is sitting at number 13 not number 15 so take that media um <laughs> with games left against number nine and number 10 uh syracuse and boston college are your your two uh, opponents left on the schedule. Both of those are away. Uh, Syracuse, that'll be on the RSN Tuesday night. So as this comes out, you'll be able to to catch that. If you get Bally Sports South, which if you do, let's be pals because neither Jack or I or Akshay do. So that would be, watch it that'd be great. We'll have it on there. <laughs> we got the RSN. Fair enough. Uh, only, only, only free ads for, uh, you know, places that we are associated with. Shout out to... My dad's State Farm Agency. Just kidding. You can't sell down here. <laughs> um, yeah, Byzantine Byzantine financial rules. Uh, anyways, um, they're at number 13 with games left against Boston College. 
and Syracuse if you want to catch the Boston College game that uh, is on ESPNU so you'll have a little bit more luck that'll be Saturday with the tournament starting next week if everything holds serve the rest of the way out which is probably the most likely case uh, Georgia Tech uh, would play Virginia Tech Tuesday in the 12 versus 13 matchup they can theoretically catch Virginia Tech I'm not sure what good that would do for them other than pride uh but uh you know uh, i guess i guess six and six and 14 in the acc looks a little bit better than four and 14 or uh, yeah, heaven that. forbid four and 16 um yeah. but um yeah they, there's ways that it could shake out i believe that they could play fsu or maybe bc um they have a two-game lead on notre dame and louisville uh, who they split the season series with so keep an eye on that on that you get two more chances to watch them before Next Tuesday, I guess, when yep. when that will be the the uh, the live to play another day section of the season, which is approached for women's basketball, is it not? It, we're there now, yeah. So at this point, we have no more basketball games at McCamish until uh, November. All, that's sad. All men and women are done, so that's that definitely was sad. Uh, yeah, so Sunday, yesterday, I guess we're recording on Monday, was the final women's game at home uh, where they played Virginia Tech, number nine seed. Earlier in the week on Thursday, they played at Notre Dame, who was number 10 in the country, uh, led by Olivia Miles, and they're just absolutely fantastic team that has made the leap after showing their guns last year. Uh, they lost 76-53 on the road there, so, I mean, that game was... Uh, there's not much to compensate on that, just because we... Uh, there's, it was going to be clear that that was going to be a tough game. The odds of Wes winning that was not much, um, but also the, the, the team as a, as a whole has had a hard time just knocking down shots. Um, and they get they're getting looks they're just not they're just not shooting well at the moment in time and so the only scoring 52 kind of sucked there cam swords only scored 10 and she was the leading scorer in in south bend which yeah uh and then on sunday it was a little bit better uh it was senior day so it was a big day for bianca jackson cam swords and for Dore hermosa uh i think biggest just uh, the tech scheme of things for norea because she's been here for four years and has poured a lot into this team and has been in a way the most reliable across that whole stretch there like one of the most level-headed consistent players at this year it may be not as consistent comparatively to the if you take the other four years but still just of the most needed assets this team has needed um camp scored 20 uh but we just couldn't stop uh kitley on beat with her vt who uh earned like whatever the best honor you can win in a week for the acc is because she was unstoppable norea did her best but she Kitley's going to get drafted. She's going to be darn good. There's a reason Virginia Tech is number nine in the country. Uh, I mean, that was not on my bingo card uh, this year uh, in terms of closing the year with two top top ten teams being Notre Dame. We should have figured this out because they were both ranked at the beginning of the year too. We should have seen this. That's like, oh crap, this is a rough way to go out. Muffet had Notre Dame running on a high level for a really long time it was really just more of a matter of time for when they came back but jack i i would like to push a theory out mm-hmm. that i've been workshopping i haven't even mentioned it to you i have not mentioned it in the chat um i have a a thought do you remember the virginia tech game that we played in february of 2022 so last spring last spring's game against them it's on the road would have been on the road yeah in blacksburg um do i i i i think i do let me see if i have any notes i have notes for it somewhere is what i'm gonna so, guess keep so, vamping so while i while, find my notes in my notebook while you go look for your notes um I, i'm gonna flavor it for the crowd it was on the road is in castle coliseum what day did you uh, say i uh, it it was February of February? 2022, okay, early February. Um, but I was uh, forced to watch or to listen on the radio due to, uh, you know, <laughs> reasons uh, of accessing television. You can write in the blanks there. Um, but anyways, I was listening on the radio and you could very audibly hear their fan base yelling about how we were overrated because we lost. Uh, at the time, Georgia Tech, you know, was coming off of a Sweet 16 appearance the year before, had been very good throughout the year, beat UConn, beat UGA, all that, all that stuff oh, that we've I found it, yeah. hashed through a million times. So while you go and review those notes real quick, my my theory that I've all been pushing to is that's kind of the the turning point in in the trajectory of these two teams. Virginia Tech, pretty good before that game, but it feels like they've been 
just ascendant through the rest of that year and have played this year at a very high level. Again, they were ranked coming into the year for a reason, and they continue to play very well this year. They're currently 14 and four in the ACC. Uh, they're 24 and four overall. That's an 857 win percentage. That's that's pretty good. They're 14 and one on their home court. Like this is this is a team that's taking care of business, right? Yeah. And um, and yeah, you, you look at uh, you look at what Tech's done since, and it's it's kind of like they've trading places a little bit. You've read your notes now Maybe. for a second. I'm reading do you have, now, do you have yes. more character? So Dina Stratman did not play that game for one, which is critical because yeah. she, she was uh, at that point uh, a, a, the, uh, not the most important the cog in that five in that in that in that stretch, but she was our most efficient scorer by far when she didn't mm-hmm. hit shots. So that was important. Um, yeah, so that meant Sarah Bates was playing in the starting lineup, which meant we were like a foot smaller, not to harp on Sarah Bates, but there was a size difference there. Uh, yeah, they had they had doubled us by the end of the first quarter, twenty two to eleven, and Kitley was five of eight in that one quarter in the first quarter. So like they were, the exact same thing happened a year ago that happened yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. We almost came back and got it. What happened here? Uh, Bates st- got a steal and then had some nut- nutty three that brought us in within five, and then VT hit a three, and then that was it at the end. Well, so yeah, so it was a uh, it was a close game for sure. Like we did it right. Like we had an eight point. Swing at one point that got us uh, from 43-24 to 47-31. Like, we were down bad in this game and nearly came, nearly called, called back. We lost by 10. Um, we also haven't won in, Virgin, at, at, in Blacksburg since 2016. So we're, we're not doing that well over there. Well, I, I, would like to, I would like to add just a little bit more fl- flavor context to support my little theory here, just because I think it's interesting, and with them not being really a, a – tournament team right it it, we got to talk about something um going into the week in which we played virginia tech on the road last year georgia tech was 19 and four those four losses consisted of a baffling eight point loss uh i think it was like the fifth or sixth game of the season against auburn a nail biter sink your free throws and you win that game uh, on the road at purdue Mm -hmm. a two point uh just razor's edge game uh versus number three louisville and a one-point loss to a miami team which we have that miami harped on we should have won that game that uh, oh was yeah bad. that uh, was a bad game we've, we've harped on how we match up against this bully ball miami team for this entire season mm-hmm. or two or three of them at this point um so going into that week georgia tech was 19 and four uh they lost a and eh, not that close but kind of close uh game uh, versus, I think on the road, yeah, at uh, another top five team, NC State. But uh, after that Virginia Tech game, which moved them to 19-6, and six, Tech proceeded to beat Clemson once, lose three times to ACC play uh, competition, including a ranked Notre Dame team, uh, beat Wake Forest, who was not very good twice, lose to Notre Dame uh, to get summarily uh, eliminated from the ACC championships, yep. and lose to Kansas really uh in an i would say arguably pretty uninspired fashion yeah, in and the that NCAA second, tournament that second wake forest like we got past them in the season finale and then in the tournament or the ACC tournament that was arguably our that worst was an ugly game. game that was our worst game of the year and we won like we yep. played poorly neither t- neither team could hit anything that game uh like you not even <laughs> Jules Spear was doing anything so oh she she may not have played actually yeah, but, uh, but, but yeah, no, yeah, no, I th- I see what you're saying here. Yeah, because I, I I knew where the slide I knew the slide had happened, and that just been a, in back of my my mind. I was like, yes, that at some point came in after the new year, but I just didn't diagnose it that it was the Virginia Tech game, which I think you're you're hitting you're hitting a, a good spot here in terms of seeing where that was. And I mean, we ran into like the Kitley buzzsaw, which you could kind of stop. Which I I was th- in my head, I'm like, oh shoot, I wish we had Kubai tonight, but yesterday yep. but turns out they didn't do much that day either Kitley killed us so uh yeah I, I think Nell's gonna be glad she doesn't coach against that again in theory if she doesn't get drafted she's a senior so I think she has another year if she wants it but uh so yeah. that we'll, we'll see how that goes uh the current yeah. deal with women's basketball is they're the 14 seed in the ACC tournament they're gonna play Wednesday night at 6 30 uh against Boston College um all those games are on ACC network so no RSNs to deal with um, Woo! They Woo! left party. While Sorry. we're recording, I think they're either about to land or are still in the air on their way to Greensboro because I saw somewhere on Instagram that they had just left. Uh, they're going to practice tomorrow in Greensboro and then they'll play a Wednesday night. 
Um, and they the GAC. And they play every day if they win because they're in the, the far left side of the bracket. Um, if they do win against Boston College, which I would say is not is not an impossible task between for with any of those teams in that bottom five slot that we're in, uh, they would play Miami for the third time this year. And the Cavender Twins, who uh, have sliced and diced us pretty well this year, so please no. <laughs> I would, uh, I would hope, I would, I would, I think it wouldn't be great. Um, for one, this camps for camp sports this is kind of cool. Both of her ACC teams are gonna match up, and it could be her last game. Lord willing, it's not, but she'll get the marriage of both teams there in that game. Uh, and so we'll see how this goes. Uh, we're two and three against Boston College in the Nell Fortner era right now. Uh, which should be better, I would say, but I mean that's what we got now. I know you had some notes about this particular Boston College matchup that we've had in these last few years. Yeah, um, Boston College has not been a particularly great team the past few years. They were pretty good last year. Um, shocker, uh, I'm sure a first team uh, All ACC player was part of the reason why. Um, but uh, they haven't been particularly good yet in the Nell era. Uh, Georgia Tech. He's just two and three uh, against Boston College. Uh, two of those losses have come in there to uh, road games versus BC. So, you know, to, to be fair, just a little bit, those those are on the road. The one in 2021 was a particularly bad BC team, but also uh, one that Tech had beaten at home prior to that. Some some flavor that was like their fourth game in seven days or something. Something ridiculous like that. Um, not ideal Schedule conditions. Loss. Yeah, it's a... Uh, fixture congestion as uh as akshay would say and he probably did say that if i went back to the tape he probably did say that word for word um but um yeah no just real interesting to see kind of i mean i don't want to say struggle with it or play with their food but like that it's just not a team that tech has historically matched up well against in the last three years three four years we will probably need if you're gonna if we're gonna win this game for one the string has to be there. Kara Dunn did not play on Sunday. That's a note. I think she's gonna play on Wednesday. I think she's had a knock or she Nell didn't say why she didn't play. Um, so it's just a matter of if they found their shots. They just didn't hit them. So make a few more shots. I think we'll be fine. Cam's on the good side of a, of her streakiness right now. So be nice. That maintained. Um, I think Bianca could probably get. Bianca's done well being a, more of an assister facilitator than a shooter, but we just need points. That's the main thing. We scored 53, then 52 in back-to-back games. You just need to score more to win in do-or-die games. Uh, let's move to the tennis court, where it was a lovely weekend outside uh, to watch tennis in Atlanta. But the and the men were at home. They faced Kennesaw State, won 5-2. Uh, they did lose the doubles point. Uh, I'll note that. Andres Martin and Marcus McDaniel's match did go unfinished. They were at 5-5 by the time that the Chopra-Shokri match was a loss and the mckinney Satchdiv loss, or matches were losses. Those were 6-2, 6-3, and Martin and McDaniel were at 5-5, so they were playing a while before they just did need to keep playing. That would have been fun to see pan out. Uh, and then they did very well in singles. Martin, McDaniel, and Chopra all won. Satchdiv, Shokri also won. Uh, so that made things that they won pretty handedly as well. So the, the points were won pretty easily there. Uh, and then uh, on Sunday, while baseball was happening, and right before women's basketball started, and while women's basketball was happening outside, uh, we they faced uh, UNC Wilmington. Uh, we let's see happen, what happened here. Uh, that was a six-one win. The only point lost there was on line six, where Bauer lost seven-five-six-three. Everybody else won. Although, be it, there was a lot of three setters here. Um, actually, no, Daniel lost too. He lost in six from he lost the first set one-six. Won the second set 6-1, and then lost 6-0 in the third set. So all up and down there. And then the only other one that we lost was Bauer. But the other three setters were Chopra with the three sets, Sachdev with the three sets, and Chokri went to three sets, including tie breaks in the first two sets. I was a lot of speaking by me and a lot of numbers, Jake. Did you uh, anything of note here? It seems like just taking care of business. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of men's tennis, uh, really with – kind of the thing I keep circling back on is we said that they needed to pad their schedule um, in terms of just like getting wins. And that's uh, what they're doing is they're winning the games on their schedule. I yep. I think or the matches on their schedule, if you will. Um, I think five, two to Kennesaw and six, one to UNC Wilmington are a little bit 
closer than I, I mean six one is not particularly close. Six one's not particularly te- close, but it came down to three final sets, which could have just yep. saved a lot of things here. So like yeah. it was a, it was a, it's the thing about tennis, you can lose seven you can lose three sets to love, but be like two points away in each set for winning. Well, and I feel like we've said that a couple of times this year, right? You're like I think Georgia State was one where it was close. Um whatever it was. Not something you really will want to be doing. And and at the same time, that's part of what makes this team baffling, right? Is the top line talent, Martin, McDaniel, Chopra, very high quality, very high quality players. And they're they're players that keep us in matches, right? They keep us in matches against ranked uh South Carolina uh, is number one that comes to comes to mind. We played well against a good Auburn team. You know, I mean, th- th- those are those are you know Stanford too. Um, those aren't things that you can just write off because it, it is something that you have to give them props for, but I don't know. I, I think the ACC schedule, which is always a gauntlet, men's and women's tennis is always a gauntlet. Like we said, think about it the way you do men's and women's basketball yeah. uh, in, in the classic ACC years or uh, baseball. Um, yeah. It, it, or swimming. It's, it's going to be tough. Right. And, and if this team can just take care of business when it needs to in the ACC, win a game or two of those coin flip ones, they'll be fine. It's just I'm not quite as confident as I, as I would like to be going into it. Is that fair? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. We'll see. I think that we'll see. What's their what's their? Let's take a quick look at their upcoming schedule just while we're talking about it. Uh, the women also did pretty well. While I'm looking for the men's schedule, they won both of their matches this weekend. One over Kansas State. Or no, not Kansas State. Sorry, number seventeen Notre Dame, and then seven zero over Louisville. Uh, the oh shoot, it didn't load. Are you finding it? Uh, the women's tennis. Oh, men's tennis. Here we go. Schedule. No, men's tennis. Here we go. Now we're now we're cooking here on this super good live broadcasting Sorry. that we're doing. Uh, next. Sorry, is... I was looking up something for the baseball segment. <laughs> Honesty uh, time. Uh, Wake Forest is next uh, this Friday, and then Sunday is home against NC State. Uh, so more conference play happening. Uh, it's gonna be good weather this week too. So I think this this will be these will be good matches to come out and see. Uh, the Friday matches at five o'clock. The Sunday matches at high noon. So out if you want to see some free tennis free free tour level tennis because mr uh mr mr uh mr martin's tour level he's gonna be tour level so get to get your value while you can uh so the women's tennis side uh notre dame that's a that's a ranked win they're number 17 in the country that was a 5-2 win uh bill chevin cruises top line doubles match did lose shara and day day that's right yeah day uh they won and then carolee and garcia gross uh won and won their third line so we got that done and then the in singles, Carol Lee beat Paige Freeman. That was the f- number 14 seed, Carol Lee beating number 81 ranked Paige Freeman. Pilchev won her in the second line. And then past that, Cruz won her match. And then Marsh won her match. So Notre Dame won two singles lines. And it was Ale- Alejandra Cruz's match that clinched it in a tie break in the third set. So tight, tight tennis got it done there on the road in. South Bend, and then a quick and easy sweep over Louisville. Not much to put, not much there. So I, I to put it, I guess the men are the easy comparison here. But in terms of, uh, they took care of business very handedly against Louisville. No one got closer than their second line doubles in terms of points, going to seven six, and then losing seven, and then they won seven five in that tiebreak. And against Notre Dame, the, they, these are good. These are the high quality wins that they need, and this will. These these will be very important resume stuffers when it comes to rankings in uh, the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, and I mean uh, the the ITA rankings are a bit cumbersome at times uh, for for tennis, but um, in terms of just other notes, right? You know, obviously, oh number seventeen Notre Dame, that's a quality win. It's something that this team has shown, uh, and I think that will continue to show that they're capable of doing yeah. uh, probably a team that is on rankings watch for the next week or two, depending on how they play uh, this week. I'm not sure if the ITA, when the ITA goes to their weekly updates, in fact, I'm going to check that uh, going to check that now. Cause that, that will happen at some point here. It's the women there. Oh, there. Yeah. They're going to weekly team rankings uh, are already up and then they'll go to weekly singles and doubles instead of bi-weekly on April 4th. So look out tomorrow for rankings. This is very much a, a team that's kind of on that borderline uh, as is. So worth uh, worth looking there. They were at uh, top, or sorry, top 25 rankings. They're currently number 30. 
in the in the rating. So look look for that to change based on uh, based on these results. One thing to point out uh, about the Louisville match. Oh, huh? They rank top seventy five now. I I thought it was top fifty back in the day. Hmm. Anyways, um, that's in the computer rankings, so you can't uh, you can't uh, you can't game those uh, for coaches poll stuff. That is right. that is math. Math is math. Um, one thing about Louisville, though, is that they were uh, experimenting with the doubles lineup. I don't think we'll have too many opportunities to see uh, Carol Lee play with Rosie Garcia Gross again this year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's something that is a blessing to have, right? It's I'm not saying that they were messing around, but if you have the ability to to play around a little bit with some of your results, that's a pretty good spot to be in. Do it is now. It not? Yep. Fiddle with yep. your lineup before it gets too late. That's that's a big thing. Baseball's do has been doing that. Softball's been doing that as well. So prime well, and, experiment season. And that's the thing too. It's not even just about getting different pairings together. It's getting Kylie Pilchip and Alejandro Cruz to play Louisville's number one. Right. Yep. That's a good. Um, that's a good. That's a good thing for them. Um, yeah. And they did play around with it in the the Notre Dame match too. It was probably a thing that they practiced this week and said, "All right, Carol and Rosie, you're going to be." the three court, like get oh, used yeah, to they, it. They, Let's yeah, go. They, they threw out the same yeah. doubles lineups on both for both matches, yeah. but, so. but they definitely are um, unusual pairings. Yeah. So um, just something to keep an eye out there. Of course. Uh, I mean, they still had Lee at court one, uh, Bill Chev on two, Mahak, John, Jane on three, uh, Alejandro Cruz on four, Garcia gross uh, on five and Ruth March on six for both matches. So not a ton of shaking up there, but you know, it's, it's Fairly deep team and uh, one that I think uh, will see their stocks rise if they continue to play like this. Yep. All of the matches and the singles except at Notre Dame, except for Garcia Grosses, went to three sets. So that was that was some darn good tennis there that they were able to pull out some good wins at the end. All right. That was a lot in the front half. A lot, a lot of stuff there. Let's take a second and hear from Section 103. Yeah. As always, uh, this podcast is brought to you by our favorite air apparel providers. That would be section103.com. Section 103 is the very best place to get uh, logos new and old in very comfy apparel uh, for Georgia Tech, including the brand new seal. Uh, I know I've mentioned that a couple of times, but that's really hard to find on things yet. So uh, good job to them to be uh, for being on the leading edge there. One thing we don't really talk about here much because we kind of focus on the uh, clothing and the apparel and that that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, Section 103 does have stickers as well, uh, their logo sticker and a fight, win, drink, get naked sticker that uh, looks great on a laptop. Drink um, more. You know, that's uh, not something I want to shout into my microphone <laughs> at uh, 7.45 p.m. on a Monday night. I think my neighbors might be a little bit uh, concerned if I do that. But um, yeah, uh, definitely something to keep an eye out for. I know they're sold out of the ATL sticker right now, but these are the exact kind of uh, stick it on your laptop, stick it on your water bottle type uh, thing that gets uh, people, uh, gets people to, you know, have a little bit of pizzazz on their, on their work laptop or, or something like that, which is always, uh, always a lot of fun or, or something on a uh, cabinet at work or, or, or on your desk or something like that. So um, great to have around and not something that I think we talk about enough, but certainly something that is, uh, you know, uh, it's affordable for what you pay. And also in addition to some great, uh, t-shirts as well. Get your merch y'all. All right, let's go to softball. They were in Charlotte this past weekend at the queen city classic hosted by Charlotte university. Uh, they played five games, uh, one on, no, two on Friday, two on Saturday and one on, no, sorry, one on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, lost two, nothing to Boston on Saturday. And then won three in a row, seven, six over Penn state, which was, which featured a Sarah Beth Allen walk-off homer after, uh, Penn state came back late. Uh, then they won nine, eight over Kent state to finish that day. And then the next morning, Sunday morning, that is, they won seven, four over Kent state, which marked Eileen Morales's 250th win as a head coach. So kudos to her. Uh, and now <laughs> And at that point, that was a three-game win streak, which is the longest they've had all season before falling to Charlotte 7-3 in the app on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they were ahead in that game and then fell off. But at that point, also Chandler Dennis and Blake Nillman had thrown a bunch of innings, and just the other arms just eventually just needed a takeover. Uh, which Sylvia Voyles did pretty darn did pretty well. Just the bats just weren't there. Uh, and Grace Connolly and Abby Hughes are on five-game winning streaks. Abby Hughes is technically the team's leading hitter at 500, but she's only played in five games compared to everyone else who is up at 10 to 14 games. So uh, 
I mean, I, I would say this isn't an unsuccessful weekend considering it's been kind of up and down to see a streakiness and clutch ability is nice to see here. Um, but at the same time, still a lot of runs were allowed, scored a lot of runs. So it, it it's a for a three and two record feels representative, or even a two and three, we would have probably said a lot of the same things. So just it, there's a lot going. It, it's hard to tell where if this team is really pointing up up yet. I don't think it pointed down this weekend. Uh, yeah, what do you think there? I feel like it's kind of flat to yeah, be, to be the, honest. Um, I, I I think the the thing that I keep hinging on is like yes, three and two sounds a a, a little bit scary. Um. That being said, uh, I think the one that that really sticks in my craw, if you will, is that Boston U game. Uh, they they were, to their credit, uh, uh, 105th in the country in strength of schedule last year, which is something. Uh, they were 96th, or sorry, not 96th. They were um, 57th in adjusted RPI. So mm-hmm. in a maybe not an at large quality, especially not in uh, <laughs> in Patriot League play, but you know they they weren't a they weren't a bad team last year. We don't have any RPI drops yet uh, this year, which makes it kind of hard to suss out outside of the the top 25 polls that do get released. But um, but like I said, uh, I, I don't think Boston U is that bad of a team, and, and Charlotte certainly is not. Um, I, I was actually pretty glad to see that Tech was going to go up and play Charlotte. It, it's kind of like a UNT, uh, University of North Texas type situation, where it's mm-hmm. one of those teams, and I think they're also a... Um, they're both conference USA, or at least they, they were last year. Um, so kind of that same boat of getting unheralded because you're in, in a conference. That's not the sec who's sending 14 teams, <laughs> you know, to, yep. to the tournament, which really crowds everyone else out. But, but last year, Charlotte was a, a, a top 30 team in a, or top 40 team, depending on the metric you're looking at, but you know, one that, one that is quality. So it's interesting that tech has challenged themselves in a very peculiar way to where their losses while not always great, you know, I, I I think I'd feel much better saying, you know, they were four and one coming off the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if those teams are playing anywhere close to what they are, what they were last year, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I just think that we saw last year's team win more of those, you know, borderline kind of same place, same neighborhood type games, if yeah. you will. And right now, I think Georgia Tech is not really proving themselves to be in that neighborhood, if you will. And yeah. I'm going to pull up Massey on the side because I know he's already updating his stuff just because I don't have the nitty gritty. But yeah. it, it, is that a fair take? Yeah, I think these, yeah, I mean, between losing various games to Louisville, or not Louisville, sorry, uh, Illinois and Wisconsin, and a couple of games at the Buzz City Classic, like it's the, it is the problem of there's these, you, there's just some of the tight ones you just got to be on the right side of. Uh, and you have to be able to grit and grind your ways to win, to wins, and find different ways to win. And they haven't fully trans- gotten to that point yet. Um, Reese Hunter, I'll note, has been playing more as of late. She's she started eight of the nine games she's played, and she hit her first homer of her career this weekend. Um, currently, the RBI leader is Mallory Black at thirteen. Connolly is at ten. Uh, Emma Kalf sitting at three forty one. She's started every game along with Connolly, Saleo, and Mallory Black. Uh, besides that, the only other players with 10-plus appearances are Madison Dobbins, who has appeared in 14 and started 14, uh, Sarah Beth Allen, who power-wise is the power hitter this year. She's got the, She leads the team in slugging at 640. Uh, second, second to Kalf, she's at 645. Kalf's at 756. Uh, and Mallory Black also has four dingers as well. Uh, so, Jack, I've got a question for you i just need to pull up the stat that i'm looking for because it was impressive to me um a lot of times in softball you get a player uh such as one i'm going to shout out at the end of this podcast um taylor roby from louisville being a great example of this who is the star pitcher and the star batter um like that just it's not something that we see as much in baseball anymore but i mean essentially a lot of great teams have a shohei otani in softball if you will um Casey Ricard, uh, who, you know, hit a couple of home runs this weekend. She held Tech uh, off the board against um, uh, against Boston University. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been, her whip is like a 1.26 this year, 4-1 uh, in the circle. Not even their best pitcher uh, by ERA, but definitely their like biggest innings eater, mm-hmm. if, if you will. I want you to guess kind of 
just to bring it back into perspective for people, how many hits did did Tech give up to Boston University? Just off the top of your head. Oh, it was only like four or five. Like it wasn't a lot. It, yeah, it, it's four, right? And and I don't think that you can ding the pitching staff against a, not the greatest Boston University the team in the world in the form of Boston University. But if your pitchers, Voiles, Dennis, and, and Nelliman are combining for a four-hitter, is it – that's always is good. it unreasonable to expect like the the bats to do? You can't really do much better than that. Is my point? Yeah, right? uh, yeah. For a four, I know softball has a higher prevalence to super low hit games, just because a there's fewer innings in a baseball and the pitching can be extremely dominant. Uh, but yeah, only yeah. four hits should be make upable and somehow maybe you still get now. Of course, four hits can be done in so many different ways that score runs and whatnot. But still, it was only two runs and four hits, so I I think it was do. Yeah, it should always be doable. Um, I'm also looking at the pitching stats. Um, D- Chandler Dennis ha- has only thrown six fewer innings than Nelman so far. Nelman's at 39 and Dennis is at 33. So they're pretty equally splitting the load considering as much so far. Uh, and then of the games that they've started, Nelman started eight games. Dennis has started six games. Kinsey got one start. Uh, but So they're pretty much going flipping back and forth as much as they can. Uh, Dennis has a 4-3 record, but record only means so much as we've all learned in the sabermetric era. Uh, yeah. And Voiles, Voiles and Kinsey are both at under 100 batters face or at bats total at in the circle. Voiles at 47, Kinsey at 59. I pulled up Massey. Um, Massey's got Charlotte at 45th uh, with a plus 18 run differentially there at an 8.04 in his rating. Uh, then right behind them, you've got Boston University at 52nd. Uh, they're 11 and three at a 7.96. In their ratings, you've got Penn State at 68th. That's a 7.79. Georgia Tech at 71st, 7.78. And then Kent's down at like 175. So uh, the teams that Tech was playing and playing close, they're all kind of in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the vibe that fits the vibe that I got from the weekend, right? Kind of how they traded blows with Penn State. You know, they they, they beat Kent. um, But then, you know, playing playing close versus... um, uh, what are they called? Boston University. Yeah. Uh, poor Boston Terriers. University, by the way. When you when you Google them, it pulls up still. Even though you say Boston University softball, Google still gives you the widget for Boston College, right. and it's ironic because Boston University is probably a better better team at least I, this year so far than Boston, say Boston College. Better than Boston College is a number of things, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in just a second so, um, when we get to track, but right. no spoilers there. All right. So, uh, just to wrap up, schedule wise, Tech has a bunch of home games in a row. I will be. Good. The game tomorrow night, which is against Georgia. So if you see me out there, I'll have my computer. Come say hi if you find me. Uh, then we have the I-75 tournament against UNI. UNI again, Southern Miss. And then a game against Brown. So some Ivy League action. Woohoo! Uh, we played Dartmouth last year, so we tend to, we're tend we getting an Ivy a year. That's fun. Uh, and yeah. then that'll be it for the weekend before some other... Oh, we play Auburn here as well. That's after our next episode, though. So we'll talk about that then. Uh, we're going to skip swim and dive just because they had a last chance meet that there was not much there. Uh, NCAs are coming. Just have that on your, in the back of your head. Track track is track is doing stuff, dude. Like we're, this is the most track content I think we've had. That's been like notable in a while. Yeah. Uh, certainly, certainly, certainly is, um, track is a team that's often had a lot of, and kind of goes for cross country too. a team that's had a lot of like, top shelf like elite stars and and names that we've seen come across obviously the the, the clear answers there are, are something along the lines of um uh Bree Matthews, uh, Nicole Feegans, Nahum Solomon, right? There there's been a lot of names, right? Uh but uh in terms of team depth, I I wouldn't necessarily say that it's always always kind of been up to that same level uh, of performance, but mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the top line this time around, we kind of saw the same thing play out in, in Louisville this week, did we not? Yes, we did. Uh, so Jameer Gibson got another school record this time in the weight in the weight throw again, twenty point six nine meters. Got eighth place, so obviously breaks his own record because he had the record that he set two, three about a month ago. Uh, Shanti Popacosta won the high jump at one point eight nine meters, uh, third in the NCAA. Is that third in the NCAA just so far this year, or? Okay, cool. So yep. that's gonna be it, a... it. It's the it'd be like the third ranked, you know, two hundred butterfly yeah. time that's happened awesome. on the air. All right, so we might Hopefully. have some action in Eugene from these guys. That'll be fun. 
Uh, then Shalia Harris got third in the 60 meters uh, at 7.35 seconds because Indoor runs 60 meters and not 100. Uh, and then Jameer Gibson again in the shot put. Uh, he got third at 18.44 meters. And overall, I mean, that's kind of all we had there because the women finished 12th and the guys finished 14th with 14 points. Women got 17 points. So um, I don't know. I don't know how scoring works in these in the ACC championship. This was ACC indoors, by the way. I should recognize what meet it was. Uh, I do not really know how the scoring works in that. I did not grow up doing that. So they're oh. kind of goofy. So I, I didn't grow up guess. doing it either. Yeah, I. So <laughs> the men finishing with 14 points in 14th place. Um, you know, it's when you look through the results, I, I think that means that a, a decent chunk of those came via Jameer Gibson's uh, third. <laughs> they have all been Jameer Gibson for all we know. <laughs> third place finish. Uh, that we had a couple other kids finish like seventh, eighth kind of okay. uh, kind of neighborhood. Um, so, uh, and again, both of those teams kind of wound up coming out in the wash. You know, you had Papa Costa finish uh, first at one place, uh, one point you had Shalia finish third. So I, I'm, I couldn't tell you exactly how they're scored event by event because right. unlike swimming, they don't put the number next to each uh, each finish. So you kind of go like, you know, but this is where my, honestly, probably for my ignorance that, is for, showing just a little bit. But Apologies to those that know how this works. We clearly do not, but we are really very glad to see Jameer and Chansey well, and Shalia do well this past weekend. Yeah, what you got? The thing that I never quite get about this, and if anyone has any, like, clarity that they want to that they want to sprinkle in um it you know the one thing that i would love to pick a coach's brain about is how they pick like events and selections that people go to in the preseason and the regular season because it seems to me that we never really see full team meets for track uh unless there are some you know per particular circumstances like yeah like tech's home meet you'll see you know everyone and then some uh, uh for for that but I, I don't know just one thing that i would love to develop between now and outdoor or now and next year when we're talking about indoor again is just a better way to meter stick this team outside of their acc performance because i feel like just with the natural limitations that tech has like this 12th 14th place that you see for the women and the men even with some you know, like we said pretty excellent finishes it, it's just one thing that i'd love to have more perspective on myself I, you know over the years it's been like first it was okay i like volleyball time to learn volleyball then it was i know pro tennis and pro golf time to learn the college equivalents of those and i feel yeah. like this is like my, my last frontier if that makes sense we're almost there we've almost conquered college sports of the 11 that we have to keep track of and i i know that it's weird saying this after i've done this for five years but it's one of those things where it's just like I take it at face value. It takes right? it takes a while. I mean, yeah, there's still sports yeah. I'm watching now. It's like, oh lordy, I still clearly do not know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, not these. Uh, talk about suck. We go to a next one, golf, which I watched so much of you know, on the PGA Tour recently, but in tech specifically for Georgia Tech, uh, they're number eight in the golf stat ranking right now. Uh, last week they were at the Water Sound Invitational. Uh, Jake, you did more digging on this than I did, so I'll let you take the floor on this one. Yeah, so golf is a team to watch this year. They're up to eighth in the golf stat ranking, as noted. There's a couple other polls out there. You got the coaches, and I think Massey does a ranking on this too. Massey ranks everything. Just have that guy decide everything. Um, but um, but yeah, no. Uh, Water Sound Tech was down eight strokes, uh, rallied to come back within one uh, to finish second. The team they were, uh, you know, trailing was number one Vanderbilt. Uh, I think that's further proof that this team can play with anyone. Uh, trademark uh when they're on uh however vandy did get to quote off of the uh off the scorecard and off of the uh the team page vandy got three birdies and an eagle on 17 while tech got uh three birdies on 17 uh and two on 18 so it wasn't quite enough to to get them in the mix for that uh i think that would be that would be like bruce hepler's 69th or 70th tournament win in his tenure at tech which is pretty phenomenal the the staying power he's had uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, pretty, pretty tough to see uh, the water sound, um, just coming up a little bit short, all of Georgia tech's finishers, uh, wound up in the top 22. That was Connor Howe, uh, down tied for 22nd with, uh, Ben Reuter, uh, who I believe was tech's individual on the, on the weekend. Uh, you also had Bartley Forrester finishing in 14th. You had Hiroshi Tai tying for ninth. Uh, you had Ross Steelman finishing alone in seventh and Crystal Lamprecht finishing uh, tied for second. He was very consistent 
uh, across the board and was just uh, five strokes off of the leader, Frederick uh, Kitchrup. Wow, that's a heck of a name. Hopefully I said it right. Uh, if I didn't, Frederick, feel free to write in at us as as well. Uh, so great showing. Uh, like I said, uh, this team really does have some have some star power. That was, um, you know, that, those six names that we read off in the top 22 uh, of a tournament. That's something that they could very well do at ACC's this year. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, our best shot to to win an ACC title uh, this year is, is the golf team as it is, as it feels like it is in a lot of years. Um, I wouldn't be counting out any of the other spring sports yet because, you know, uh, ever, everyone's got a chance as long as, you know, baseball finishes in the top 12 and softball in the top 10 or 12, which, whichever one that winds up being this year. I, I can't remember. Off the, I think it's 10 because uh, there's only 13 teams, but um, you know, uh, once those are met, Everyone's got a chance, but uh, golf is definitely at the top of the list. And and, and even to, to win it all, like we saw, they can play, um, you know, maybe not as at the consistency of Vandy having the, the past weekend, but they, they certainly played uh, extremely well uh, this this past week. Um, this week, they're at Southern Highlands through two days. I believe they're plus six tied for 10th. Uh, they're still ahead of the folks from out east in Athens. So jokes on them. Uh, but uh... kind of like we said, maybe that consistency isn't... Uh, isn't quite there with maybe the top one, two, three, four, five teams. Yep. For sure. It's out Georgia. Uh, one softball note I just found. Uh, wear gold if you're coming to the game tomorrow. We're going to do a gold out against Georgia. Yes. One more one more softball thing uh, for the I-75 tournament while I have it uh, in mind. It's very interesting to give it, uh, give it a little perusal, Jack, because the uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagles that we'll be playing this weekend mm-hmm. are conveniently right uh within one one hundredth of georgia tech in the massey so uh, those would that would be that would be the game to watch Uh, i forgot to mention that earlier uh southern miss game to watch uh this weekend if you're if you're gonna try and catch softball good to know all right baseball finally we're here they had a lovely weekend against tennessee tech swept them i know we're an hour in all right let's get through this uh they're now 16th in the country via collegiate baseball uh, they're unranked right now still the d1 rankings but you know still very early and we haven't exactly played like really strong competition yet but that's fine this says have jack guess the massey ranking he's back again this old massey what is the massey ranking oh for baseball jake i'm gonna just say it's uh i don't know 26 no it's high uh it's better than that oh that's good 16 nope 12 keep going whoa five keep keep going two Okay, down a little bit. Okay, four. Yeah, we're we're at four in okay. the uh, in the Massey ratings. Not the so Massey does composites for college football, basketball, and baseball, which is basically just a flat average of a bunch of different rankings for football. It's like seventy of them. Uh, but he does also do baseball, so that allows us a nice kind of comparison to what uh, college baseball, uh, collegiate baseball is thinking. Mm-hmm. They have us at sixteen. Massey, kind of at the top end, has us. At four, uh, which is the the highest ranking that I've seen us yeah. uh, seen us in, uh, but uh, in terms of the other rankings, you can see uh, Splenty has us at twenty two. That's another ratings type service. More at forty six, uh, similar there, and then uh, Preeb CBR uh, College Baseball ranking has us thirty one. All the major polls, so the coaches uh, perfect game and D one, uh, and then also the the, the baseball writers poll uh, have not released uh, or have not included us. So uh, certainly a widespread there, I'd say yeah. uh, Georgia tech in, in Massey's poll uh, is, or, or the composite, sorry, sitting right around 26. So certainly, certainly a lot of data points uh, to draw on there. A lot right. of, a lot of different opinions on base on baseball coming yeah. into the year. As we mentioned earlier, Despina hit a homer in all three games. Jake Toledo hit another homer in Friday's game. Despina's just murdering the ball from the left side of the plate over the trees in right field. So that's just fun to see if you ever had a game. Just be if you if you don't get a ticket for a game, I mean, you know, there's that spot at the corner of the street at of a, a first and Fowler where you can like kind of get a good view. But like, I would like be turned and ready to run towards any of <laughs> any anything down that road when this spin is up because you never know where the ball is going to land. Uh, I want to mention. Game one's when it was a 12-3 blowout, but Dawson Brown threw six innings, four hits, three earned runs, three three total runs, but he struck out 12, and he was just nailing the strike zone the entire time. Uh, it was the most strikeouts by a starter since Brant Herter struck out uh, 13 against Northwestern in 2019. That was March 2019. 
Uh, and the team the team record for strikeouts in a game is 19. They finished with 18 that day. Apparently, we've done this seven times since 2019, where we've fallen one strikeout short of the team record, uh, which is remarkable, but I, that's what's happening. Uh, and Ben King had a good outing to kind of... All the pitchers had good outings after that to kind of clean things up. Um, and then game two, 110-4. Logan McGuire started, but he came out hurt after an inning and a third. Um, I did not do enough research to say why, to see what hurt specifically. I'm just going to guess the arm. Don't really know. Uh, Pinatari pitched four innings after, though, and cleaned that up uh, on routes of that win. And then on Sunday, we won 11-7. I think that was a tight one for a while before it got there. Uh, Jack Rubenstein went 5-for-5 five five from the plate, though, and Ben King had another good outing. So it's a uh, things are looking up. The hitting is the hitting's there. That's for darn sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, the pitching. I, I know in our chat we were like, wait a second, Dawson Brown, he's starting. What's going on here? And then he just throws an absolute gem. Um, oh, it's, uh, defensive issues. That's what it was. Defensively, we were having some trouble on Sunday in Game Three. That much I remember. Uh, some errors. Yep. Uh, I, yeah. And and I I think that whether it's pitching or or fielding, uh, we've kind of relied in the past on hitting to bail us out, if you will. Uh, And that was something that did concern me a little bit after Miami series, uh, granted Tennessee tech. uh, I, (laughs) I I probably would not say is, uh, all that great. Uh, I would say uh, Miami's, I mean, Miami's sitting at like 270 in Massey, but Tennessee tech's like 194. So not, not that we played, uh, the best teams in the world yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, coming back from, 4-0 4-0 down uh, to score 10 unanswered runs is, is game two comes uh, very quickly to mind. And it seems like for whatever reason, they've really consolidated a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, if you will, firefighter type arms in the bullpen. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if I, I think that it's the most sustainable. Like I don't want to be bailing ourselves that uh, bailing the defense or the pitching out. Yeah. Uh, from early holes in every game. Cause it kind of seems like we've done that a couple of times. Uh, the 10, four win come to mind. The 11 to seven win come to mind. The Georgia Southern game comes to mind. Yeah. Um, putting, but putting, uh, putting my manager cap on it's okay. So here, I think in general, well, actually, no, Brian Snicker did this in the world series. I don't know if you remember game. I'm going to say it was game four. Do you remember the game four starter against the Houston Astros? Uh, I mean, it was. Dylan, I, I probably it, would if you said it. It was Dylan Lee. That's probably why I don't remember it. Because exactly. I, I went to Game Five. That was that was Max Fried was the last at bat ever for a National League pitcher, right? Max, uh, no, he pitched Game Six. He 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 pitched the winner the winning game in in, uh, in Houston. Well, but whoever yeah. pitched there, that was the last at bat for a pitcher. So yeah, that's yeah, all I remember. D- yeah, uh, Dylan Lee. Yeah, he 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 was a reliever. He did a spot start and threw two innings. But basically, the idea was they needed to do a bullpen game, but could really did want to use the arms at the beginning and then not have any good arms at the end, just in case they really needed them. Basically, the hope and so the hope was if you know the bats are going to be hot, just let them cook and give yourself a buffer to where you can not exactly where if if there's a mini implosion you can survive a mini implosion, and I. I think that's that's my guess is where Danny Hall's mind is at right now. Is like if he knows that bats are going to get him eight eight runs a game, it's better to uh, hope, hopefully you score early. You're early. You're betting on the scoring happening early and giving yourself time to catch up if you need to. If there's going to be a pitching blow up because you don't have the arms to necessarily carry you through a weekend series to not have to worry about that. So you got to pick and choose where the possible blow ups are going to happen. I would much rather have that in the first three innings of the game than the last three innings of the game. Despite the fact that it kind of did happen the last three innings of a game last weekend or the weekend before the Tennessee Tech game, but we were already up by enough. So the bats did the job. So I, I think managing wise, I, I I think I'm okay with this for now, uh, just because it's like, well, it gives you a better shot to win to have more time to hit and yep. do what you need to do. So, uh, but yeah, I think that was Busey. He's he seems to be the get the main guy coming out of the pen at at the end. So it's, yeah, and then you got Finitary kind of being a, a long innings guy yeah, too. And he did that in game two. Uh, coming up, they play long. Oh yes, one more thing. I was gonna say, um, the big thing that we have to think about this week related to that is not only do we play Long Island as you were about to say, but also Kennesaw State. So yes. we'll make it very interesting come the weekend, and you know, saving those arms. So yes, feeds right into what we're about to say. Yes, uh, LAU on Tuesday will be interesting, which is uh, today if you're listening, so it'll be interesting who they see, who they throw, uh, 6 p.m. start. Uh, 
did they announce who they were going to start? They may have already announced that, did they? Uh, they put up their. Let me see if it's interesting. Um, you know the classic. Here the matchups. Here's Smith, how you can. Smith, Smith is starting. How you tomorrow. can watch. Okay. Uh, pretty. Oh yes, Dalton Smith will get the start on Tuesday. I don't see anything about Wednesday. One thing I want to say about this weekend, uh, it's the new age uh, game slash game in Athens slash game in Lawrenceville type deal that they've been doing. I was driving around the city on Sunday, Jack. I know this is not revolutionary because we all drive lots of places. We live in Atlanta. And I saw this billboard. I was on 17th. I was going past Ikea. Everyone mostly knows where that is. And they have this electric billboard that flashes various things. You see Hawks ads, you see Braves ads, blah, blah, blah. And I saw an advertisement for a two game series that is happening uh, at um, what you call it, what you call it, Truist Park, right? The Braves baseball stadium, a place where Georgia Tech has played uh, one game a year uh, up until I guess 2020 ski lift uh, or ski ramp thing, destroying the field, whatever, forcing the game to be played in Lawrenceville. But FAMU, Florida A&M from Tallahassee and Grambling, from certainly even further away, mm-hmm. are playing a two-game set at Truist. And it boggles my mind why Athens and Georgia Tech cannot get their equally large, locally-based right. fan bases yep, yep. into the build. Like, I've got nothing inherently against the city of Lawrenceville, but you cannot tell me that there's a better atmosphere with more things to do and greater options and more fans that can fit in the stadium in Lawrenceville at Cool Ray Park on Sunday than they'd be able to get at Truist for a Sunday game at Truist. That would be phenomenal, Jack. There'd be 40,000 people Uh, there. Yeah, that'll be, I might have to look into that and see what the reasoning was. I assume there has to be some sort of business. I think it'd be more of a businessy reason why that's happening more than I think it could also be on the Braves. It could could be, it could be neither teams actually wanting this and the Braves just wanted to do something different. I I don't Jack. Do you know what the proceeds for the third game of the series go to? Uh, I do not know where they go. They all go to charity. I believe it's Choa. Don't misquote me there. But the third game, the neutral game series. Well, it's good. Okay. Like, yeah, so it really funds. does incentivize to do it that way. Yeah. 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 It, it just feels like I, I'm I'm going to look it up here. Uh, Georgia. For the weekend series, baseball. we play at Georgia first, and then Saturday's game is at Russ Chandler at McNeese Park, and then the Lawrenceville game is the third game on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, the spring classic for kids. Choa. All right, there you go. Why not play to Trist? The kids will get even more money, and it would be a better venue. Good questions all around. I'll see what I can find out. Uh any other final baseball-related notes? I think we're about we're almost out. We'll do one little bit on men's lacrosse because they had a pretty important game too. Uh, all all I'm saying is if we can speak this game back into being at the battery, uh, then it will join the list of speaking the McCamish volleyball game into existence <laughs> in, in terms of my personal I think the, fake yeah, accolades. Yeah, I think I think you'll be getting more McCamish volleyball games if I had to guess just in general. Uh, the yep i think that's it for baseball uh i'll try to be there on saturday so if you find me say hi there as well uh Same. yeah yeah i assume you'd be at that game uh men's lacrosse uh they had a uh, they played 12 they played the preseason number one south carolina and won 12 to 7 big old big game there um makes it one of the only tech teams in recent memory to beat a number one team in anything just yeah at I, all i i don't think they're currently ranked number one i think it was okay. number 11 what i saw so they they i think they've taken a loss or two okay, to start the year okay. but certainly yeah virginia tech's at number one they moved up three spots in the polls florida state had moved up 33 spots in the polls to be number three uh behind georgia tech so not not really sure how they, they must have been beating some crazy teams but um yeah you had uh south carolina they've fallen 11 spots since the start of the year uh down to number 12 uh was it and then clemson uh, is who Georgia Tech also played this weekend was not ranked. Gotcha. They won that game 17 to 14 after being down from behind, uh, down 8 4 at one point. So big old win there. Excuse me. Okay. I think we're, we, we, we're, we're, we're going to skip trivia again, sadly, because we have gone long enough. Spring is just, they bring us so many sports in springs. I'm sorry. This is like Lindsey Buckingham at the end of uh, What's Up with That in SNL. They just never get to it. Poor guy. Uh, yep. I think that's all we got. So, uh, yeah, take us home, as Mr. Ashkay would say. 
Yep. Uh, my outro, I'm just going to give a quick shout out. I think as a podcast, I'd love for us to do more shout outs to individual cool things we saw. Uh, mine, I'm back dating it a week. I saw the longest home run it, that I've ever seen in about 65 games attended at Mewburn, uh, Mewburn uh, hit by Taylor Roby of Louisville last week. This week, she went on to break their all-time home run records. So congrats to her, That's the cool. all-time Louisville, the all-time Louisville slugger, I think is how they, they called it. Uh-huh. But, uh, very, very fun, and hopefully we see uh, even longer home runs from only our team there this year. But, Sarah Beth, uh, we're looking at you. Yeah, uh, please, whoever, really, just just hit the weight room. Um, and uh, in the meantime, uh, it has been a long episode, uh, but you can find us, as always, at fromtherumbleseat.com. We post articles with this uh, that go up for uh, for you to comment and, and read. Uh, I know we've gotten some feedback in the past about transcribing the episodes. That would be great if AI could read names uh, and also not make lots of mistakes. Um, so uh, working on it, exploring that, uh, TBD, but who knows, maybe someday. Um, in terms of other ways to contact us, you can find us via email from the rumble seat at gmail.com. You can track us down in person at sporting events. It's happened to us multiple times lately. So please give us your feedback there. Um, we would love to chat uh, about that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FTRS blog. Uh, I'm at Jake Grant 98. Jack is at Jack Nicholas. You can find section 103 also on Twitter uh, at section 103 or at section 103.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at from the rumble seat and you can find podcasts wherever fine podcasts are sold and distributed uh again please rate review comment subscribe subscribe your friends we all appreciate it but in the meantime have a great week good night good luck and go